This episode of the podcast, I'll be reading about the major arcana in the tarot, the 22 cards. This is a longer podcast. Forgive my uh, not excellent reading at all times. I did get through it. It, it took a lot of effort and energy. I, I've always had a little bit of a hard time uh, reading from books to people, but uh, I hope you guys enjoy it. There's a lot of good information in it. You guys uh, have a great day. Hello, friends and family. Um, it's a sunny day up here in the Northwest, and I've decided to read some things to you about the major arcana and the tarot so you can learn a little bit about symbolism. Keep in mind, there is 22 tarot cards in the major arcana. And that um, each card I read, this all has to do with numerology. Most of the divination systems, I would think all of them, have to do with numerology. As I said before, numerology is the foundation of, the, uh, of our existence and the unknown and the esoteric. So let's start off with the first card, the Magician. The magician represents the conscious mind, which by concentration and single-minded attention to a specific idea or goal can draw upon the forces from above. In this way, the idea or goal will take form and become a reality in the material world. By his posture, the central figure clearly indicates that he is merely a channel through which the life force flows. The identical ends of his wand graphically represent the axiom as above so below the horizontal figure eight symbolizes the holy spirit dominion strength and infinity since a horizontal line is the ancient symbol for matter this glyph represents the conscious mind's control over earthly things when that mind directs the life energy through fixed attention upon a specific goal the magician's undergarment, symbolizing the light of perfect wisdom, is encircled by the serpent of eternity biting his own tail. The red outer garment of passion and desire, which has no binding, may be slipped on and off at will. Thus the conscious mind has perfect control. The garden is the subconscious mind cultivated by attention from the conscious mind. Red roses represent desires while lily represents purified thought, untinged by desire. Every moment of our waking consciousness is motivated and conditioned by some kind of desire, which must be elevated to a higher plane. The magician has at his disposal all elements and their human counterparts, the cup indicating water and the imagination, the sword indicating air and the intellect, the pentacle earth and the body and the wand, fire and will. These four objects represent the letters I-H-V-H, -H, which is the Hebrew word for God, and the letters I-N-R-I, Isus Nazarenus Rex Euderium, which appear on the Christian cross. At this point, the God energy may be translated into the world of matter to bring about a perfect manifestation and harmony. Just so you know, 
I'm uh, the the tarot deck that I'm uh, reading this about is the Rider Weight deck. You guys can look into it. Uh, I rarely do tarot readings. I have a different deck, um, but uh, this is the symbolism from the pictures of the Rider Weight deck. The second card is the High Priestess. The High Priestess symbolizes the subconscious mind, the receptive, reproductive, and form-building power within the human organism. The curtain behind the figure connects the two pillars of light and darkness as the balancing power between pillars of opposites. She has no preference for either and merely awaits the concentrated effort of the conscious mind. The cup-shaped crescent moon depicts the receptiveness and retentiveness of the subconscious mind. All memory, universal and personal, is recorded on the High Priestess's scroll, which is partially hidden because all is not known. God has more to reveal. The cubic stone of truth upon that which she sits represents the principles of order on which the subconscious must function for perfect fulfillment. The white cross represents the proper use of the four implements on the magician's table. The conscious mind formulates ideas which the subconscious accepts as suggestions and then sets about to make them realities in an orderly, progressive fashion. The high priestess is the connecting link to the subconscious through which we may must pass in order to use our conscious potential, thus calling into play the powers of the magician, the conscious mind. Keep in mind, with all of these tarot cards, you can dive even deeper into the symbolism. A lot of it is numerology, as well as astrology, and other things pertaining to the arcane, the occult, and the unknown. Um, you know, and, and, and also depends on what part of the world you came from. You know, and, and those, and what symbols are uh, dedicated to religious, uh, cultural, and, uh, you know, ancient civilizations, as well as native civilizations. All of this has to do with, uh, you know, symbolism and, and, and all that. The third card is the Empress. The Empress is, an, is also an aspect of the subconscious mind. While the High Priestess, number two, in memory... In number three, we find the subconscious response to that memory which produces growth through the imagination. In contrast to the virginal high priestess, the empress appears pregnant, as does the landscape around her. The empress produces, she is the great mother surrounded by love, beauty, and growth. The conscious mind, key one, produces the subconscious mind. Oh, the... The conscious mind, key one, cannot produce. The subconscious mind, key two, cannot re reason. It takes a combination of one and two to produce manifestation, or key three. The trees dress and wheat symbolizes, the trees on the dress and wheat symbolizes the ripening that takes place in the subconscious mind. The stream is the life stream, the stream of the consciousness. Falling into the pool, it represents the union of the sexes or the union of the conscious and subconscious minds. Her yellow hair, symbolizing the superconscious mind, is tied by the green leaves or, or bound sunlight as the leaves have captured the sun rays. The twelve stars on her crown are the twelve zodiac signs or the twelve months, thus representing time itself because there is twelve hours in day and twelve hours in night. 
In this same vein, it takes time to bring our desires into manifestation. Her scepter represents her dominion over the world of creation through love, the Venus glyph. She is the epitome of creation and abundance, reminding us of the biblical passage. And there appeared a great wonder in the heavens, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet, and upon her head a crown of twelve stars. And she, being with child, cried, traveling in birth. Revelations 12, 1 through 2. Older version of the empress showed her with the crescent moon beneath her feet. As I said before, uh, this is going to have a lot to do with astrology as well. And some of you guys may pick up which planets it has to do with while I'm reading them, because not all of them talk about the planets. The fourth card of the Major Arcana is the Emperor. This card, ruling our conscious existence, represents reason, which is the function of the conscious mind. The Emperor, therefore, rules over and sets in order the reasoning, conscious elements of the material world. He supervises and controls through his ability to discern the truth in any given situation. It is his wisdom in handling affairs systematically that he's placed that has placed him upon the throne. The emperor is the magician growing old, grown old, and now in a position where the effects of the three previous stages bring about concrete rewards in power and dominion. His helmet is red and gold, representing Mars and the sun. The sun is exalted in Aries, which rules the card as shown by the ram's head adorned the crown the ram's heads adorning the crown. The emperor's thoughts have been channeled through personal effort, Mars, and productive and useful implementation, a process which has created him the authority, the sun. He holds the world in his left hand and the Tao T cross in his right. This cross is the T square used in mathematics, geometry, surveying, and planning. He has attained his position through proper planning. His throne, simply carved of stone, is symbolic of the body which needs long and arduous work before it is perfected. The Empress, number three, and the Emperor, number four, are intended to show that what you sow with your conscious mind, you can expand two and three and finally reap through four. You are what you alone have made of yourself. You have the power and control. If you are dissatisfied, start with one and sow the proper seeds. Then follow the orderly progression through two and three and at four, you will have what you want. This is the message of the first four cards of the tarot. The fifth card is the Hierophant. The Hierophant represents our inner teacher or inner our inner hearing, our intuition. The stages have always said that release from all limitation comes to those who awaken their inner awareness. True inner hearing does not involve spirits, clairvoyance, and visions from the astral plane. Rather, true intuition is based upon the number four and key four, the emperor. When the conscious mind gathers all the facts and feeds and feeds them into the subconscious mind, the subconscious acts upon the information and, in a flash of intuition, sends the correct analysis back to the conscious mind. This is true intuition based upon reason. The Hierophant's crown is triple. The rose of 
five trefoils represent the five senses. The row of seven trefoils symbolize the seven centers of the body and the seven original planets. The row of three trefoils stands for the three states of consciousness, superconsciousness, the conscious, and the subconscious. His staff has the same symbolic meaning as the knob on the top, both indicated the source God. The ornaments attached to his crown fall just behind his ears to emphasize hearing. The crown and staff represent the four worlds, archetypal knob, creative, formative, and material. The pale gray background represents wisdom because gray is a mixture of equal parts black and white. Thus gray stands for perfect balance, which is the practical aspect of wisdom. At the Hierophant's feet, the cross key symbolizes the superconscious, which is the key to heaven, and the subconscious, which is the key to earth or hell, if one makes it so. The robes of the two kneeling priests represent desire, roses, and purified desire, lilies, both of which must be submitted to the conscious mind. The card contains ten crosses representing the spiritual numbers one to ten, the ten aspects of the tree of life and the ten trees and the empress's garden. Again, I'm just reading from the book. There is more symbolism to each and every single one of these cards. Um, And, uh, you know, I encourage you guys to do the research on that stuff. The sixth card of the Tarot uh, Major Arcana is the Lovers. The Lovers is an obvious reference to partnership and marriage, the union of opposite but complementary components. The key word is discrimination. When we discriminate, we set apart and separate in order to see the innate differences between two categories. In this manner, we can tell the true from the false. All creatures, including humans, have their own unique door, uh, have their own unique odor. Some call those pheromones. This is especially important in the animal kingdom. Mating, self-protection, and preservation all depend upon the keen sense of smell. People discriminate through the sense of smell, which is therefore an attribute of key six or the sixth card. The two human figures represent opposing factors of the one source, Adam and Eve. Male and female, positive and negative, and the conscious and subconscious minds. These two specialized manifestations of the one life force must become equalized before attaining unity. The male or conscious mind looks to the female or the subconscious mind, which in turn gazes up at the angel or the superconscious. Only through this step-by-step process can we reach our source and draw upon its power and inspiration. The tree behind Adam symbolizes the signs of the zodiac. The flames on the left of the tree trunk symbolize the five senses and those on the right symbolize the body and the original planets. Behind Eve, or Eva, which was her original name, is the tree of knowledge. The serpent in the tree, the kundalini force, gives them the power to create. When the kundalini is trapped in the lower center of the body, at or near the base of the spine, only the senses are fulfilled. One must raise the kundalini, or the life force, up, through the spine to the higher centers in the head so that the life force can be expressed in a loftier plane. 
so I'm going to just give a quick uh, th- uh, interpretation here too. Um, I always talk about you know three mind, body, spirit, um, and the arcane thought form um, and action. Um, but you know it's talking about the subconscious, the conscious, and the superconscious. And um, you, I believe that you're never going to get anywhere with your intuition or, uh, you know, in, in any of this stuff without, um, you know, uh, humbling yourself to the creator and, and, and natural law. Um, you can't just, you know, in my eyes, um, you know, the, the, the black magicians are all about man worship and false idol worship. There is one creator, one source, that is it. There may be some, some uh, spirits in the name of love, healing, and truth assisting that creator, but there is one creator. How people choose to worship that creator is up to them. If they're, not, if they're doing it in love, healing, and truth and not harming others or deceiving others, then I believe that then your, your uh, eternity will be fine. Uh, there's a lot of trickery out there. The seventh card of the Major Arcana is the Chariot. The Chariot represents receptivity to the will of the One Source. The keyword attributed to this card is fence or enclosure, and its sense function is speech. Every word we speak is a fence enclosing an idea or thought. An eloquent vocabulary is a powerful tool for protection and preservation, as well as advancement. When we speak, we set in motion a vibration that acts upon the ethers, space, and acacia. Blavatsky said, sound or speech is a tremendous force when directed by occult knowledge. It is only when we become still, quiet, receptive, that we can be victorious. Then the primal force can work through this. This is why I encourage meditation, which is why I meditate constantly and I've done constant hours of meditation. You calm the mind, you calm the senses, um, you purify it, and then prayer, I believe, is, is, is tuned to a higher frequency when speaking to the Creator. Just my suggestion. Symbolically, the, chari- the charioteer is the soul, so the, the driver is the soul. Directing the chariot, the body... Notice that the charioteer has no reins. It is, mental, it is mentally through the will that he directs the sphinxes, the positive and negative senses, the draw the ch- that draw the chariot along. The starry canopy overhead indicates that we are recipients of celestial energies. The waxing and waning moons depict time and rhythm, which are stages of the mind. This can be seen by the Placement on the shoulders ruled by Gemini, which is the first air sign symbolizing the mind. The winged globe on the cart represents self-consciousness elevated by aspiration. The disc with an upright rod through the center depicts the positive and negative forces joined in working relationship. The square on the charioteer's breast indicates an orderly attitude and his eight-paled skirt Decorated with talismans represents the soul's dominion over the material world. The message here is that through control of the senses and elevation and purification of desires by the one of our own free will, we can achieve complete dominion while in the physical body. 
again, meditation will help you with discipline. It will teach you discipline. It will teach you how to rope your five senses in. Look at the state of the world right now. Everybody is lost in their senses. They're terrified. They, it's all about desire. Eight. The eighth card of the tarot is, is strength. The key word for the card is the fang of the serpent. The serpent represents the kundalini, or life force, which an undeveloped person lies coiled three and a half times at the base of the spine, or the lower chakras, the root, the, the sexual, and, and the, and the uh, sacral. This force must be elevated to transform the individual into a more spiritually oriented person, which at that point you would be leaving your earthly desires behind. All transformations in nature are actually specialized manifestations of the kundalini force. The only two numbers that can be written over and over without ending are 8 and 0. As such, they represent divine power. The number eight represents material power as well. Uh, remember, in numerology, eight represents finances and business. In key, eight, we direct this life force through suggestion. The woman is the subconscious mind controlling body functions and directing the amount of vital force that the body receives. She also receives and acts upon suggestions through the conscious mind. Her dominion over the lion is through gentle and spiritual power rather than the brute force. The, rose around, the roses around the woman and the lion form a chain. Roses, representing desire, must be tendered and properly cared for. In this context, a chain of roses is a series of cultivated desires. Any suggestion emanating from a desire sets up a chain reaction in the subconscious that eventually results in manifestation. The cosmic lemniscate, figure eight shaped curve, over her head gives her dominion in this world. I'm excited about this card. I was born on January 9th, and this is the card for my birthday. The ninth card is the Hermit. The symbol of Kenine is the Yod, the tongue of flame, the glyph that makes up every letter in the Hebrew alphabet. It represents the fire energy, the life force, and the hand opened rather than closed, of man and woman. In the body, we are little serpents containing a portion of the one source's fiery energy. As such, we are the hands of God operating in the physical world. The hermit is a symbol of ageless wisdom, standing on the mountain of attainment. He has achieved. The snow represents the isolation he endures because his wisdom sets him apart from others. However, if he turns to shine his light on those who follow him, he emanates that our knowledge is empty and meaningless until we turn and give it to others. The hermit is evaluated, selecting the necessary and, and discarding the unnecessary elements along his path. He has learned to use the magician's wand, which he now leans on, for he knows he can depend upon it to support. He has achieved mastery. Some say the hermit is um, Merlin. I'm, I'm accustomed to believing that. The tenth card of the tarot is the Wheel of Fortune. 
The symbol corresponding to this card is the closed hand, indicating mental comprehension. To grasp is to own, and to grasp your place in the world is to grasp what, you, what and who you really are. Therefore, you never suffer material deprivation. The number 10 begins a new cycle, a repetition of the one. Rotation and cyclicity are the key words for the wheel of fortune. All is in the process of becoming. Change is the only constant, so in due time all things come to pass. The bull, the lion, the eagle, and the man represent the four fixed signs of the zodiac, Taurus, Leo, Scorpio, and Aquarius. Uh, Scorpio is, is the eagle or phoenix. The book that has held... The book that they hold represent the wisdom of the ages. They indicate the laws of the universe, which is immutable, fixed, and cannot be changed. The, the wavy serpent symbolizes the descent of the life force into manifestation. The jackal-headed Hermanabis, or Egyptian god Thoth, also a race of jackal-headed men, shows evolution of form while the human body and animal indicate that man has not evolved beyond the intellectual level. His ears above the horizon of the wheel show that man's interior hearing or intuition allows him to rise to a higher level. The Sphinx depicts the developed human being to which we aspire. The woman's head and breasts, coupled with the lion's body, show the soul and dominion over the body in perfect harmony. Hence, exemplifying the union of male and female powers. Guys, sorry if I stutter sometimes. Uh, I'm good at reading by myself, but reading out loud has always been a little bit challenging for me. Hope you can bear with me. The 11th card of the Major Arcana is Justice. Teaching, education, and guidance come under Key 11, which seeks to bring about balance through justice. The scales here also symbolize the doctrine of karma, work, action, and reaction, the law of cause and effect. The outstanding lesson of Key 11 is to weigh the meaning of present conditions and to achieve balance by overcoming the errors of the past. Use the sword of discrimination to eliminate mistaken thoughts. Libra rules here also and shows us that we cannot that we communicate only through the seventh house of cooperation and through the principle of love. Libra rules the kidneys, the organs of elimination that maintain the chemical balance of the body. Through elimination of the poisonous toxins in our liver, we ensure a balanced life. The scales represent balance. There are seven straight lines of equal length in the scales, representing the seven centers in the body and the seven original planets. Mercury, key one, the moon, key two, Venus, key three, Jupiter, key ten, Mars, key 16, Sun, key 19, and Saturn, key 21. Keys are the cards. Okay, card number 12, the hanged man. The key word for the hanged man is reversal. The corresponding symbol means oasis, sea, or water. According to the alchemists, water was the basis of all life, the fluid substance that solidified into physical forms. This substance, which emanates from the stars and sun, is called astral fluid. The hanged man symbolizes the first water of the divine power. Water was the first mirror in which the reflection always appears upside down. The significance of this card is that things are not as they appear on the surface. 
You must look beneath the surface for true understanding. The man is suspended by his foot. Like the pendulum at rest, his cross legs form a figure four, indicative of key four, card four, reason. His elbows and head form a triangle with the point down, which is an ancient symbol for water. The hangman represents a person who is poised in consciousness and under perfect control. He is consciousness. He is conscious of the one power everywhere, yet centered in himself. He sees the trouble in the world, people unhappy in marriage, in trouble financially, and lost because they have no goals. And he knows it is because they all see things upside down. Yet, they look at him and think that he is the one who is crazy. The hangman's philosophy sets him apart from the crowd and, at the same time, brings him peace of mind and perfect contentment. Perhaps the world should examine his views. The ideal is to grow out of materialism by transmuting animal passion to human compassion. The twelfth step sees a man reversed, hanging upside down by his foot. The law of reversal is the keynote here. Reversal from living egocentrically to giving selfless service to others. Card 13 is death. The keywords corresponding to this card are fish, fish's mouth, or mouth of the uterus. This symbol suggests reproduction and birth, not necessarily into this world, but rather rebirth of the consciousness into higher planes. In the time of Christ, the fish symbol represented those who lived in a Christ-like way. Uh, there's also a fish god by the name of Dagon. Uh, you guys can look into that. The number 13 is sacred as is every multiple of 13. It connotes an initiate or one who is reborn through the mental powers of transmutation. There are 12 disciples Jesus was the 13th. There are 12 zodiac signs with the sun in the center. Number 13 is preserved in measurements of the Great Pyramid. Also, there's 12 knights of the round table and King Arthur. Astrologically, this card is ruled by Scorpio, which governs the reproductive organs, birth, death, and transmutation. The skeleton is the figure of death, which comes to all, king, man, woman, and child, with respect to station, he rides astride a well-behaved white horse, a symbol of purified desires and senses in submission to the cyclical rhythm. However, the brilliantly shining sun between the towers in the distance promises eternal life. The life force does not die, but merely changes form. Card 14, Temperus. The key corresponding to this card is sustenance or establishment. You should establish the foundations of your belief system through proof or verification. The key words verification and wrath show that the desire to find the truth surfaces from within through wrath, not temper, but strong and stern anger. This process tempers one's soul just as steel is tempered. We become balanced by choosing the middle paths between the extremes of action. Sagittarius rules card 14. The arrow of concentration of the fiery life forces brings about the manifestation of the higher ideals. 
which leads to elevated states of consciousness. The androgynous angel is a perfect blending of polar opposites, of male and female. It is an angel of the sun, the life force, as shown by the solar disk on the forehead. The red wings depict the fiery nature aspiring to higher consciousness. The pool and the earth represent the subconscious and the conscious minds on which the angel maintains perfect balance. The mountain peaks symbolize attainment of wisdom and understanding. The crown and glory over them represents the culmination of the great work. This key teaches you to verify your destiny as a manipulator of the life power, the kundalini. This should be verified by actual practice and testing until you feel the presence within. Card 15, The Devil, shows what's ha what happens when we fail to use discrimination. The devil is a misconception of God, as God upside down or opposite. He represents the delusion of judging by outward appearances instead of by inner realities. He also represents religious dogmatism, which is ridiculous to the enlightened person. Therefore, the key word here is mirth. We should learn to laugh in the face of difficulties, for laughter is ridicule is sometimes the most effective defense against evil. Capricorn ruled by Saturn overshadows this key. The Saturn center at the base of the spine is where the Kundalini forces lies coiled, and it is the life work of Capricorn to raise the Kundalini and then teach others. The black background on this card indicates ignorance. Lack of light. The introverted pentagram, the inverted pentagram of the devil's forehead is the symbol of black magic, inverted power. His torch burns wastefully and gives no light. The humans chained loosely to the half cube could easily free themselves by refusing to be bound by darkness and imperfect knowledge or half truth, as indicated by the half cube. <clears throat> This key means we are God incarnate, but all too often we play the role in an upside-down position as underdeveloped people, chained and in bondage to um, ignorance. Card 16, the Tower. Mars rules this card in which the key word is awakening. This comes as a clear flash of understanding, a bolt from the blue bringing awareness to the true nature of the self. What inspires fear in the mind of the ignorant liberates the enlightened. Just as electricity frightens the primitive, but is used constructively by the knowledgeable. A flash of lightning is another symbol of the electrical serpent force, or the kundalini, the Mars force in the body. The tower, also called lightning-struck tower, is the house of God, or the, the human body. It was also referred to as the Tower of Babel. Babel, which means confusion of understanding. Lightning strikes the crown or head or place of understanding and knocks the man and woman out of the tower. This analogy depicts erroneous ideas being knocked out of the two parts of the mind, conscious and subconscious, by the lightning of true understanding. The 22 yodes or tongue of flames represent the 22 letters in this alphabet. The tongues of flame also refer to card nine, where the one yode is the hermit, representing the response to primal will. When we respond to the primal will, we receive a flash of illumination which bears a message that awakens us to our true source. 
Card 17, the star. Fish hook, key word for the star, suggests the drawing of ideas from the universal subconscious. The hook relates to the subject selected for research or meditation. Revelation comes through meditation. You must still the conscious mind but keep a line on the subject chosen for meditation. Aquarius rules this key which brings the age of revelation. The star key explains the fifth or celestial essence which is above and beyond the four elements of fire, earth, air, and water. The great star has eight points representing rotation. The seven stars the seven lesser stars refer to the seven bodily centers, which are really whirls of motion and vibration. The abyss is a fishing bird, again emphasizing searching and probing. The woman represents the subconscious mind, which shows that all secrets are available if you fish in the proper manner. Her left leg is holding her weight, forms a right angle or square, hinting at the number four, Order and reason, resting on the water. Her right foot shows that the mind sustains her. She pours water, her mental powers, on land and sea, indicating the pouring of knowledge over humanity everywhere. The water on the land divides into five streams, representing five senses. Asking yourself a question and seek the answer with calm expectancy. This is the right attitude for meditation and the proper method for gaining illumination. Card 18, the moon. Evolutionary growth and the development come under key 18, card 18. The key words are organization and sleep. The function of the moon is sleep. And during sleep, waste is eliminated and new materials are woven into the body. Consciousness continues while the upper brain cells rest. It is during sleep that our aspirations and efforts are being built into the body's cells. What we think and do all day long goes on influencing the body while we sleep. Every cell is a center of consciousness, and every cell contains spirit. Astrologically, Pisces, the final sign of the zodiac, rules the key. The shellfish coming out of the water represents the lower form of existence. Shaped like a scorpion, it indicates the creative force starting on the path of return, which leads to the mountain of attainment. The narrow path implies that concentration is necessary. It goes up, then down, but always rises higher at the next step. It is meant to show that spiritual unfoldment does not come all at once, but rather progresses gradually. The dog and wolf are of the same species, but one is wild and the other is domesticated, depicting nature aided by human consciousness. The towers are human handiwork. The, three, the 32 rays of the moon indicate the 32 paths on the tree of life, and the, folding, and the falling yolds represent the descent of the life force from a higher plane into the material world. Many symbols here show that we can change the outward structure of things. They are proof that the same changes may be accomplished within the body through organization and cultivation. Card 19, the sun. The sun means face or continence. Face implies head, one who takes the lead as the head of an organization. This card also brings to a head all the potence of the life power. The key word is regeneration. 
We renew our bodies when we renew our minds. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is the good and perfect will of God. Romans 12.2 Astrologically, the sun rules this key, bringing light and life, symbol of divinity, the great divine power. We must control and adjust our lives to the sun's action. As the ancients knew, the powers themselves are neither good or bad. It is how they are used. The power of the sun is not just a physical energy, but also living power. What we see in the sun is identical with the spiritual power behind the sun. Everything on earth is a manifestation of the sun. The 21 rays of the sun represent the 21 cards of the major arcana and the tarot. The four flowers symbolize organized development, mineral, vegetable, animal, and atom consciousness. Sunflowers always face the sun to draw their power, as we should do to develop our consciousness. The nude child astride the horse has sublimated the animal desires and is a symbol of the naked truth and an understanding of things as they really are. Except as ye become a little child, ye cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. Matthew 18.3 Card 20. The key symbol for this card are tooth, fang, and serpent. An ancient adept was called a serpent, and when we want to invoke silence, we pronounce the sound of the letter for this key. Shh. This indicates the silence of the wise, be ye wise as serpents, Matthew 10:16. Tooth break food and prepare it for digestion. Wisdom which is kept silent destroys the forms of the outer world and reveals the hidden nature of things so that you may absorb the spiritual essence. The cobra was the sacred symbol of Egypt and India. Its venom attacks every cell of the body instantly. The serpent's fangs conveys the poison. The analogy is that wisdom can be like acid which instantly eats away everything false. Therefore, the key word for this card is realization. Astrologically, it is ruled by Vulcan. When you have gained realization of spiritual things, our personal consciousness is ready to blend with the universal consciousness. We then realize our oneness with God and our unity with all humanity. This state of consciousness begins with a mental grasp of the real world, where our attitude is the reverse of most people's because we identify ourselves with the one reality. Our subconscious minds are dominated by true will. Our judgment day, our judgment day is the day we have reached our ability to judge the truth from the false. The card represents the call to judgment day. The angel Gabriel calls those who are ready to hear the truth, which shall set them free and give them new life. Stone coffins, the human body, arise from the deep. They are black when, con when closed from lack of light or truth. The three states of consciousness arise, man, consciousness, woman, subconsciousness, and child, superconsciousness. In older versions of the tarot, their arms spell the word lux or light. They have come into illumination. Card 21. The key concept for this card is a mark or cross that has equal arms. A cross is sometimes used in a place of signature 
in a place of signature, therefore it takes on this meaning also. The symbology here is cosmic consciousness, which is the final seal of the great work here represented. At this point we have gained control over ourselves and our environment. Right decisions are now natural, and the one power becomes the central reality in our lives. Saturn rules key or card 21. The Saturn center at the base of the spine called the sacral plexus is the storehouse of excess energy left from each day's activities. Saturn has been considered a malefic, however, it can help build for the future if one uses the energy in the sacral plexus for constructive actions. In mythology, Saturn was the father or the god who ate his children. This means that the cosmic consciousness swallows up all lesser consciousnesses. The bull, lion, eagle, and man represent the four fixed signs of the zodiac and indicate that the laws of the universe are fixed and orderly. The wreath, in the form of a zero, or egg, or seed, is that form which all things use issue forth. This is the divine power. The dancing figure is androgynous, a unity of the opposite polarities. However, the veil hides this fact, showing that cyclicity also brings about the androgynous state. The figure stands on air, self-supported and perfectly balanced. This picture represents the dance of life, which is never-ending. 21.3 is the new heaven and the new earth, or the new mind and the new body. When we have renewed ourselves through study and practice, the old order will change. New plans and a new outlook outlook will, will prevail. Key zero, which is card 22, or card zero, the fool before and after. The master number 22 holds a unique position in the tarot deck. Uh, theoretically, the major arcana begins at card 1 and continues through card 21 or card key 1 and key 21. The minor arcana begins at 23, the king of wands, and continues on to 78, the ten of pentacles. The fool as key zero, stands by itself, representing the god force. Twenty-two would seem to be missing. However, since cyclicity is the essence of life, there can be no ending. Therefore, the fool, key zero, is the life force before entering manifestation. And the twenty-two is the same key, zero, the fool. Having walked the twenty-one keys of the major arcana to complete that full cycle and stepped once more beyond the present incarnation. 22 is an ancient numerical symbol for a cycle, and therefore represents the Alpha Omega, by which the Lord described himself in the Bible. The word fool comes from the Latin fallus, meaning a bag of wind. Every genius is called a fool at some time, and that which contains air or breath could be called a bag of wind. Therefore, we are the fool in that sense. The fool is a superconsciousness, pictured here as having room to take one more step. This indicates that we never come to, to the limit of our potentials. The white sun is the universal radiant energy eternally rising, for it can never reach its zenith. The mountains indicate attainment. They are cold and uninteresting to many. But from their peaks, melting snow feeds the streams and makes the valleys fertile. So, 
to ancient wisdom will feed your consciousness and transform your life. The fool's wreath symbolizes victory. His wand is the measuring tool by which we continually evaluate our accomplishments. His wallet contains memories of the past, and the eagle on the wallet symbolizes the awakening of higher vision toward loftier aspirations. The dog under the fool's control is the sub subhuman forms of life that are elevated by the evolution of the consciousness. The white rose in the fool's left hand indicates that his desire is pure or spiritual and untainted by lower desires and passion. The fool here is the cosmic life force about to descend inexperienced into the world of manifestation. Okay. So that was my reading of the major arcana from the Divine Triangle numerology book. Incredible book. Um, a lot of you will understand a lot of the symbolism spoken about in those cards. And I would encourage everyone to interpret those cards yourself because there is more symbolism in those cards. And as I was reading, I was thinking of other symbols in those cards that I just... I The, the, the podcast is so long, I just didn't add those symbols. But... Um, you know, when when dealing with like conspiracies and things like that, you know, people are like, not everything is conspiracy, Jeremy. And I beg to differ because we live in a dualistic world, which means there is a conscious and subconscious meaning to everything. And people who um, are um, adept at understanding these... Uh, you know, uh, synchronicities or, or the, the occult side of life understand this greatly that, um, you know, a lot of people or sheeple as, uh, they are referred to, they just don't see it. They just don't get it. You know, their lives were, were beaten through education systems. All the, they, they were exercised to learn to memorize and that makes you smart. The television broke them, you know, pop culture and movies broke them. It was just all just memorize, 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 and rarely go within or rarely, you know, go to nature and learn natural law. There is a rhythm to everything. So everything is a conspiracy because we deal in a dimension of duality. We cannot escape it no matter what, you know, the controlled science industry, and I'm not saying all science is garbage, but the controlled science industry likes to to just discredit uh, these tools that of divination and ancient wisdom that you know reign supreme over this planet for years. Anyways, this was my reading of the major arcana. I hope that um, uh, you know the symbolism gives you ideas of a lot of what's going on in the world today. Like, to me, the Twin Towers was the Tower of Babel. It was the fall of the World Trade Center. The Tower of Babel was uh, man, the world coming together, trying to speak one language and surpass the powers of God the Creator and build a, 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 a temple to heaven to steal God's power and so that man can prove that he reigns supreme. What happened with the towers? They were brought to the ground. They, they were one language. It was trade. 
and uh, it it was a it was a ceremony for the elites that that pulled that off. And again, the the twin towers they looked like the number eleven. Number eleven is the master builder number. When did this happen? On nine eleven. There are no coincidences. Um, by me reading the major arcana, it wasn't for me. Uh, encouraging people to read the tarot, but rather to learn the symbolism of the tarot. I have mixed feelings on the tarot. I don't use the Rider Waite deck, but the Rider Waite deck does have a lot of keys of symbolism. I have my own deck that I read from, and I rarely read from it. Um, but um, I, I am always very critical of magic and things like that. I believe in magic. But I also believe that magic could be used for ill will. And um, I like white and green magic, sometimes gray magic, but black and red, there's always a price to pay for that stuff. You know, there's, you're always going to, you're, you're going to see it. You're going to get all this, this, this power and, and material riches in the world. But uh, at the same point, um, you will uh, lose touch with the almighty spirit and almighty creator of all things and, and get lost in the, uh, the fallen spirits that are uh, playing trickery and demonic entities that are playing trickery on this planet now. And um, they will give you power, but you will only have that power during this lifetime and then you will have hell to pay after for Lord knows how many lifetimes. Anyways, I'm rambling. I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. It went really long. It's the longest podcast I've done by myself. Um, I, I did it in sections. Uh, thank you guys for listening. I meditate and pray every morning for you and your families and, and for the, uh, the consciousness of this planet. Um, we can awaken. That's what the revelation in the Bible is about. It's not about Armageddon necessarily. Revelation means to reveal and what is 2020? It's clear vision. It's, it's we are going to be we are going to be seeing something this year that we cannot avoid and it will be revealed to us. Anyways, I love you guys. Take care.